Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Wrapping up hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN, ESPN Tri-Cities. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me as well. A reminder, hands on the wheel, eyes and focus straight ahead. As the driver, you've got one job, and that is to drive this message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, Doug LeMaurice. He is a he covers Northern College football on Kings of the North, a uh, show that fo- focuses on uh, college football in our kind of neck of the woods. Doug, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. We appreciate it, Doug. I, I got to say, first and foremost, I, I love kind of what you're doing with the Kings of the North, um, kind of to counteract all the Southern football shows and podcasts and everything yeah. that uh, focus on the SEC. I, I guess what made you f- kind of take the leap into like, hey, the, the, the Big Ten and Northern college football country deserves the same kind of attention that the SEC gets? Yeah, that. You nailed it, right? Like, I think the South has brainwashed college football (laughs) on a national scale. And our our point is not, I mean, of course the South is good. Yeah. But the North is good, too. And also beyond that, like, we have fans that care. We have a college football culture. And I wanted to, like, contextualize that. Like, what is success in the North? Because sometimes up here, man, like, we do it a different way, right? And, And I one of those things like you say the north and the south are different in college football and i think everybody knows what you mean you guys know what i mean right like they get after it maybe in a different way so we can still win and succeed and if you don't beat georgia it doesn't mean that you're that you stink right but then by the way as soon as we created this show we get a national championship game between michigan and washington that showcases how good northern college football is and i feel like the north is rising up Right When you see what Michigan did, when you see Oregon and Washington, when you see what Nebraska and Wisconsin and Syracuse and programs like that are doing, like the North is rising to the moment, and in the 12-team playoff, 
the North will be absolutely competitive with the South and the number of teams in and the number of national championships and the sport is changing and it's not going to be as Southern dominated as it has been for the last 25 years. Doug, um, speaking of teams that are rising up, that seems to be what Ohio State is doing, at least in the offseason here, because, you, yeah. you know, trying to make sense of that quarterback room has been, you know, my task on a Monday because, you know, you know, you watch what they did after the Cotton Bowl and you, you saw the two options that Ohio State threw out there and was like, eh, you know, maybe it's not as big of a sample size as I'd like to see, but it still doesn't feel like these are the two guys that can get us back above Michigan or, you know, on top of the college football world. So they go out and get Will Howard, which makes a lot of sense because, you know, making a splash in the transfer portal is huge. But then they add a guy in like Julian Sayan. And, you know, if if you're anything like us in Nebraska, we want to start a five-star quarterback. (laughs) So make sense of that quarterback room and talk about how Ohio State is trying to become the leader again. Yeah, so the standard had been set. They had three straight first-round quarterbacks since Ryan Day got here, right? Dwayne Haskins. Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud. So that's the new level, and the quarterback this past season didn't play at that level. Kyle McCord wasn't bad, but he wasn't first-round quarterback good, and Ohio State still played Michigan down to the final minute of that game before a final pick ended it for him. So they had to elevate. And Devin Brown, who started against Missouri in the Cotton Bowl, had been a borderline five-star guy. He had been in the quarterback battle, but there was like, are, we, are you sure – that's the guy, Lincoln Keenholz, who came in for him, the true freshman from South Dakota. That was just a tough spot to ask him to do Definitely. that. But you, you kind of thought they needed a transfer as a one-year patch. So, like, Will Howard wasn't a shock. Um, but Julian Sayan, I think, is a shock, right? So, Bama explodes, and this is one of the pieces that is available. Because they have Air Nolan, who mm-hmm. is, like, the number five, five or six quarterback in this 2024 class, who already committed to them. Now they had Julian Sengen, who was number one. Of course, we all remember when Dylan Rayola, once upon a time, was committed to Ohio State. So, like, they've been involved with everybody. But the idea of now having Sengen and Nolan sort of ready to battle it out for the next guy, it's definitely Will Howard in 2024. There is zero doubt about that. But 2025 and beyond, they're set up for that, too, and it's going to be a great battle. We're talking with Doug LaMaurice. He has the uh, the Kings of the North show that covers Northern college football. Uh, Doug, I- I'm curious about the Ohio State offensive coordinator hire in Bill O'Brien. How was that? Uh, I know I know you covered Ohio State for a long time. Obviously, you still keep an eye on them as a as a team, kind of you know above that that midway line in the country here. Um, how do you think? that is as a hire for Ohio State at that offensive coordinator spot. I know Alabama fans were a little mixed on him a couple of years ago, but you can't really deny he's, a, he's one of the better offensive minds that was probably available, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a different hire than what he was at Bama or in New England, right? Because when he – I mean, he's, he's coaching under the two greatest coaches in, in our era and maybe ever, mm-hmm. in Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, but they're defensive coaches. So he's kind of running his offense. He is coming to Ohio State to run Ryan Day's offense. So their scheme, their ideas, how they go about it's not going to change. You just are lifting the burden off of Ryan Day so he doesn't have to be the guy leading every offensive meeting, so he doesn't have to be the coach with his head buried in a play sheet on the sideline. And that's the most important thing, because Ryan Day almost gave it up last year, but it would have been to Brian Hartline, their great receivers coach, who was elevated to offensive coordinator. He's never called plays before, ever. Mm-hmm. 
So Ryan Day couldn't quite do it. So Ryan Day kept the play calling in 23, but he had to find somebody who's done it, who he can trust to hand that off. So this is not a situation of like, hey, Bill Bryan, come save our offense. They're going to run the same stuff. It's a situation of can Ryan Day now do all the other things a head coach has to do and trust that he has a guy who's going to run the offense the way it wants to be run. And from that standpoint, you get a guy who's been at Bama, who's been at New England, who's been an NFL head coach, who's been a Big Ten head coach. I think it's a great hire for Ohio State. Now, Doug, I, I want to look at the grand, the whole landscape of college football here for a moment because I was uh, watching back an episode on your show yesterday and you handed out your top four way too early seeds for the college mm. football playoff. And one in four really intrigued me. One, because uh, this is a Big Ten team and they're a new team in, in the Big Ten, an expansion team, you could say, in Oregon. You said they will be the one seed next year. And then on top of that, you went on to say your four seed was NC State out of the yeah. ACC, which was, you know, it, it kind of provided a lot of shock factor for me. But then, you know, once you kind of think about the state the ACC is in, maybe it's not that big of a shock. Why did you land on those two teams? Yeah, so, so Oregon, I do think coming into the Big Ten, the one school that will consistently recruit on Ohio State's level in the new Big Ten is Oregon. I think Dan Lanning staying at Oregon is a big deal. Getting Obviously it is. Getting Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma to continue that experienced quarterback thing, you don't have to take a step back there. Yes, they're going to lose some skill guys, but they are recruiting at a different level than almost everybody in the north outside of Ohio State. So I think they can continue that. Whereas there are, there's going to be a lot of teams. There's a lot of quarterback turnover, mm-hmm. right? What's Washington going to do without Michael Penix? What's Michigan going to do without J.J. McCarthy? Things like that happening throughout the sport. So I just think Oregon is positioned to be an every-year big-time contender in the Big Ten. And I do think Oregon and Ohio State will be the two best teams in the Big Ten next year. They, they could wind up playing three times because they play in Oregon, and then they could meet in the Big Ten championship game, and who knows, maybe they meet in a playoff game as well. And then NC State, I'm looking for where is there a veteran quarterback who can go somewhere and elevate a program, again, like we've seen recently. Mm. Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina is going to go be the, the quarterback at NC State. I do think the ACC is wide open. And the main thing, I just encourage everybody to make your 12-team bracket right now. Make one, in, make one every month. <laughs> Let your thinking evolve. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. We have to embrace this. Like I think it's great for college football. But one of the weird things you realize is the top four seeds have to be conference champs. And when the ACC right now is one of those conferences, you're like, what? Like the second best team in the Big Ten, the second best team in the SEC is probably going to be so much better than the ACC champ. But these are the rules. So like who's the, I almost put Syracuse in the playoff, guys. Like, come on. Like I was like, hey, like let's rep the North. Who's the best team in the ACC? <laughs> Florida State's losing everybody. Do you believe in Clemson anymore? It's hard to find an ACC team to believe in. So I thought they're well coached and they've got a veteran quarterback coming in. Doug, you mentioned Washington uh, early on there in that answer as they have a lot of transition. Obviously, you're losing Michael Penix. Maybe more importantly, you're losing Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb and and obviously that, that great coaching staff there. What do you think about the hiring of Jed Fish at Washington? Good move by Washington. Could they have maybe done a little better? Or how do you think they're how do you think they project now without Kalen DeBoer at the helm? 
Yeah, I, I do think I like Jed Fish at Washington more than I like Kalen DeBoer at Alabama, and that is not a shot at Kalen DeBoer. We did our Kings of the North Coach of the Year. Of course, it was Kalen DeBoer. Mm-hmm. He did a great job at Washington. I don't know that it's a cultural fit. I don't know that it's a stylistic fit at Alabama. I have real questions. I, it's different. North and South are different, man. And, like, Saban went down there and did that, but he didn't go straight to Bama for Michigan State. He went to LSU, and he went to the Dolphins, and he established some stuff. I just wonder about DeBoer at Alabama, whereas Jed Fish, I think, is going to come up there, and it sounds like he had a great team meeting yesterday and got everybody fired up. I think they're going to throw the ball around. Yeah, they're going to have a little bit of a dip. Listen, they were so experienced. Mm-hmm. 31 of their top 35 guys this season for Washington were fourth, fifth, or sixth-year players. That was a rare opportunity to be as, as experienced as they were. So that's a tough spot, and so Washington's going to step back a little bit, but I like the Jets fish higher. That's Doug Maurice from Kings of the North. Go check that out on YouTube. That's Kings of the North College Football on YouTube. Doug, hopefully we will catch up again soon. We appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks, Doug. That's Doug Maurice on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Coming up next, hour number three here on Herd Sports Radio.